All right, let's uh, let's pray and uh, we'll see what God's got for us today. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, really being good to us, Lord. Um, it's just a, a, an awesome opportunity to be a part of a church that uh, is really about your business. We don't just you know, huddle up on Sundays and say ready break and uh, wait till we can come back around. But uh, when you know we we get together uh, so we can disperse and we're busy about your work, Lord. Uh, we've got people even now who uh, are on the ground in Boston. Lord, I pray for the seeds that were planted. I pray that uh, the gospel goes forth, uh, and I pray that you know people show up and uh, they would hear it and receive it. So uh, I pray you'd just uh, be with them as they're traveling back here this week, and uh, for all the details of that, Lord, I pray that there's a lot of things coming up. Uh, we got the Harvest Party, the Men's Conference, uh, a lot of things that are important to be at. And uh, Lord, I pray that these aren't just things that we're doing, but that you get the glory. Um, uh, first and foremost, Lord. Uh, Lord, I do pray uh, specifically right now for uh, the marriage class that's coming up. And it seems like uh, it's just a small thing. You know, everybody's married. Everybody figures it out. But, uh, God, there's uh, uh, there's a lot of people that are hurting uh, behind the scenes. There's a lot of people who are trying to figure it out, and they just wish they could. And uh, they're, they're too intimidated or, or scared to ask. And, Lord, I pray that this would be... Uh, a laid-back time that we can laugh a lot um, and that you would get all the glory. Um, God, I pray that we would have marriages that uh, aren't about uh, fulfilling us but fulfilling you uh, because when we uh, really have that mindset, God, you you really do make the marriage flourish. And so uh, I pray that you would um, just be about all that business. I pray that even uh, now you would uh, guard uh, my marriage as uh, the Satan's a punk and uh, he's going to try to uh, drive a wedge. And I pray for all those who are uh, coming because he, he'll do that. And um, Lord, I do pray that you would just... Uh, uh, bring a peace about us as we go into this that we would be uh, excited to hear about you and we'll be ready to change lord sometimes we come to these things and we're uh, we're excited about it and we really hope that uh, the lord will change our spouse uh, lord but i pray that we would come uh, come at it in a way that we would be ready to hear from you uh, and make adjustments in our own life first and foremost and so uh, lord i do pray for just all of that that's coming up uh, the details of it i uh, pray for laura tomorrow as she's meeting uh, with with, uh, with with her friend and uh, that she would uh, uh, just really be able to speak the gospel clearly. Um, a lot of times the gospel can come out more clear through a testimony than it can anything else. So I uh, pray for those things. I pray for your word today. I uh, pray for Pastor uh, Steve Fleshman as he's preaching today. I pray you get all the honor and the glory uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you got your Bibles, uh, open up to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're running behind. I knew we would be, but that's okay. Uh, yes, you can have the bulletin back. Um, but 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 is where we were at. And uh, so we started this last week. Uh, I didn't really have a title, but then I had to kind of end up coming up with a title so they could put it online. But uh, there's no notes, really, uh, and I didn't want to really change that um, because I just kind of wanted to talk through this. We, we talked last week about how this is something we really taught through in Romans chapter 14 with our liberty in Christ. And we get a little dose of this in D1 when we talk about our liberty and, and those things. But as we're going through this, I just kind of want to pick up and, and work the rest of the way through this. And so uh, the title I gave it to put it online was just basically uh, it was Liberty Explained. Um, because that's what we're doing. We're just explaining what liberty looks like, what liberty in Christ, what our liberty uh, to do those things looks like. And so... Uh, I'm just going to read through this again to kind of get our minds uh, back where we were, and then we will uh, jump back into it. So uh, remember, Paul's answering questions that the Corinthian church has asked him in these few chapters. And so they had asked him about this. And so, uh, yeah, mine's on silent. I heard somebody's, and I'm like, oh, I need to turn mine down. 
It was really weird. Uh, I've never had this happen, but my phone rang in the middle of something I was teaching the other day, and I'm like, I've been teaching for a long time. That's never happened. Uh, I think it was HBI. Oh, well, I mean, it probably was HBI. I don't know. It's better there than somewhere else. But anyway, it was just like that isn't supposed to happen. But anyway, uh, so uh, he's answering questions. And so they talked about marriage for a lot in chapter 7. Then he's moved to chapter 8, and he says, Now was touching things offered unto idols. We know that we all have knowledge, meaning the, the church, the saved people. We is what he's saying. Knowledge puffeth up, puffeth up, but charity edifieth. If any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth not yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of the, uh, those things which are offered in sacrifice and idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other gods but one. We understand as the church these things. Does the rest of the world understand that? Not really, not for the most part, especially when you get out of the U.S. Well, we like to think of idols as, you know, uh, you know, little statues or things like that, you know, because it would be really offensive if we called, you know, our new car an idol or our TV an idol or, you know, maybe our kids an idol. We wouldn't want to talk about things like that. But I'm just saying uh, there's idolatry everywhere. But anyway, uh, for there is no other God but one. Verse 5, for, there, for though there uh, be that are called gods, little g, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but unto us, again, he's talking to the church, he's like, you need to separate yourself, treat yourself differently here, but unto us there is but one God, capital G, the Father, capital F, of whom are all things, and we in him, uh, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. How be it? There is not in every man... So guess what? Just because you know it doesn't mean everybody does. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. For some, with conscience, uh, with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat, as, uh, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Uh, but meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block unto them that are weak. For if any man... See thee, which hast knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. Shall not the conscience of him that is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered unto idols? And through the knowledge shall, uh, and, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin, so against the brethren, and would their, uh, and would their weak, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Okay, so we're talking about liberty here. And I know I kind of just fast forward to the end of it because we're getting ready to really talk through the end of this thing and work through it. But basically, the question that is asked is, hey, what about... Uh, some of these people are, are really getting on our case because you know we're going down to... Uh, Basically, buy for cheap. That's kind of what was happening here. We're, we're going down to uh, the temple where, you know, I don't know, Baal, whatever it is. There's a lot of different idols if you go to different places in the world. And so they're offering sacrifices. They're burnt offerings, just like you would read about to the, to the Lord. And they're offering these things, and they're like, well, we, we can't eat that because it was offered unto our God. But we could take some monetary profit off of it, so we'll sell it to you cheap, right? It's been, it's been offered unto the Lord, but we'll take some money back, and we'll sell it to you cheap. You know, obviously, if you, had to, if you had to pay the same price, would you just go to the market or would you go to the idle simple? So if you knock some price off of it, okay, we can get this off our hands. So anyway, some people had been going and they were like, I know that in the Lord, none of this stuff matters. Like, there's only one God and I don't care who you offered it to. That was your bad. Uh, it's cheap meat. Like, what are we talking about? It was, it was, it was uh, half price burger night. Like, let's go and... Uh, Let's go and uh, get some of this. And so some of the people had been going and, and eating, uh, buying and eating of this stuff because they were like, it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. It has nothing to do with. But then there were other people in the church 
maybe who had just recently gotten saved, who probably came out of the worship of that idol, they were like, this is just messed up. We weren't supposed to eat that. And I know you say we can, but it's just like, it messes me up. Like every time we do it. So, okay. We talked about all that last week. Fast forward to like, what in the world does that have to do with me? There are things that when you get saved are immediately okay for you to do. You have liberty in Christ. You can do these things. Does it mean that it won't defile your conscience if you do them? Are there things that maybe when you were lost you had a hang-up with? Right? Uh, maybe you were uh, into smoking. Maybe you were into drinking. Maybe you were uh, into uh, gossip. Or maybe you were into... You fill in the blank, right? Everybody's got their own flavor of what they were into. Now, we understand that like, there's nothing that says that you, know, you can't go smoke. But is it like giving God all the glory? Anyway, so the point here is like if it's going to defile your conscience, probably better not do it. So does that mean like when you walk out of the church and you see a bunch of brothers and sisters out there doing it, I'm using something very basic here because I don't really see this happening, but like you're just like, whatever, you all do what you want to do. But, you know, if you're out there and you're like, hey, you want one? Now that's causing your brother to stumble because it's like, well, I mean, I guess if it's okay, then, but then when they do it, they're like, well, is I really supposed to do this? I feel like every time I do this, it takes me back to my lost days. Here's a really good example. When I got saved, I told you guys this last week, uh, I used to drink a lot, like, and not a lot. So when I say used to drink a lot, I didn't drink a lot until I drank. Like, I didn't drink every night. Like, I maybe once or twice a week, usually on the weekends. But when I did drink, it was a lot. It was like I was making up for lost time. You know, I didn't drink for social. I drank for the effect of it. Like, that was the whole point. And so there was none of that that could be going on in my life, you know, after I got saved because it was just like it immediately took me back to a place that I didn't want to be, Right. Now, as years pass, can you grow past those things and your conscience can be healed from those things? Yes, and I'm using a lot of different examples here. The point here is they're asking a question about one specific thing. I understand y'all aren't going down to the idol's temple to be buying meat, so you're like, don't check out on me. What I'm saying is there's a lot of things that this could apply to. So, moving on, when we talk about what's happening here, we understand they're, they're asking a lot of questions. Now, before I go too far, I want to uh, share something. Somebody texted me last Monday... Uh, about this passage, we were talking. Uh, we were talking through it, and it was really good. So I was like, I want to bring that up next week. I'm really prepared for this. You can see. Um, wow, I thought somebody texted me. I'm looking for their name. I don't want to tell you who it was, but here it is. Okay, so somebody asked me this. Uh, hey, uh, I've been slowly meditating on your teaching from this morning, and I had a thought. So uh, this was Sunday night. First Corinthians eight, chapter one and three. It says, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that uh, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Now if any man or if any man think he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Okay, we read those things and we talk a lot through that, so go back and listen to it, okay? But his question was, uh, would you say that can be a lesson on pride as well? God has blessed HBF with different levels of learning and gaining knowledge, but instead of using that knowledge to glorify him in his kingdom, we use it to edify ourselves in what we, uh, what we accomplished for our own glorification. Meaning, hey, did you see I went to that class? It's what the person was referencing. I took this thing. I, uh, I you know, it's another check mark. I got another feather in my hat. I've been through all the things, right? And he said, just wondering I'm, uh, if I'm understanding that right. Con, uh, right, right context is prideful. And so here was my response because it made me meditate quite a bit on it. And it was actually really good because I didn't think too much on it that way until then. And so I want to talk about this and I'll move on. Here was my response. It definitely could address pride if the person is only ever learning and never doing anything Christ, anything for Christ that he has learned. So meaning you can take all the classes in the world and that's good if you're doing something with it. 
But if all you're ever doing is ever learning, and what's the Bible say, never coming to the knowledge of the truth, that's a problem. All right? so, okay, so I, say, I went on to say if, we, if all we ever do is learn and then want to tell everyone about what we know, or worse yet, get to a point where we think we know more than whoever God is using to try to teach us something, then, yes, it can be very dangerous. When someone comes to church week after week and never hears what is being preached or taught because they think they've already heard it or that they, it should have been taught another way, then they're simply wasting their time because they are what the Bible calls a whited sepulcher, meaning they're just glazed over. They think they've got it all figured out. I've heard that. It's just, you know, whatever. You don't even know what you're talking about. I could teach that better than you. I've heard this a million times. Why don't you go somewhere different? Like, you ever had those thoughts? I've had those thoughts before, and I had to check myself. Okay, so that's what the... And I basically said that's what the Bible calls a whited uh, sepulcher. The ultimate goal should definitely be to learn as much as we can about God's book but then in turn to exhaust ourselves in the work of God's book. Because the more you study, the more you realize the two cannot be separated. I hope it makes sense. Have a good day. And so, like, I, anyway, like, there's a lot there, but it makes a lot of sense because that's what it's talking about. We get so much knowledge here. You guys don't, maybe you do, I don't at times really appreciate what we have here at HBF, and the structure we have, and the ability of, of what we have to know what the book says, right? But too often, the more we know, the more we think we know, and, you know, sometimes that just, that hurts us, because we start to think, well, I know that, anybody who doesn't know that is below me, and uh, they, they should, you know, they need to learn a lot more before they ever, you know, try to teach me anything, or before they try to show me anything, and some of the best, most amazing tidbits of the Bible I've learned are from young Christians because the simplicity that's in Christ, sometimes we forget. All right, so anyway, that's kind of what we were talking about. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up because there's a lot there that I kind of glazed over and it was, it was really good that they brought that up. But anyway, so verse 4. I don't, how far did we get last week? Does anybody remember? Like what verse did we get to? And I guess I'll start over. No, I'm kidding. I feel the last thing we talked about was the con- not letting your convictions right. So I'm going to fast forward here for a few verses, and then we'll pick up and we'll get done. So in verse 4, he says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things which are offered in idols. So he's like, okay, I answered your question. Now here's the answer to your question. Uh, those things that are sacrificed on it, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there is none other God but one. So he's like, okay, we are the church. We understand that, like, whatever it is that is tripping them up really shouldn't be because, like, we understand we're saved, and there's nothing that we can't have, right? Uh, but doesn't mean it's giving God the glory because we have it. So that's what he's saying. And there's none other God but one. We understand. He's like, I understand that y'all understand that. I taught you that when I was there. You guys have liberty. That's what he's saying. I don't want you to. I don't want to take your liberty away from you. Is what he's trying to say. You don't have to live. How many churches are there out there that are like, man, if you don't show up uh, in a dress, if you don't show up in uh, a head covering, if you don't show up in a suit, if you don't show up, you know, like that's legalism. You know. Now, if you're convicted to wear a suit, man, wear it. And rock it. But do you have to? Absolutely not. And so anyway, there's, there's some things there. But he's like, don't, don't lose your liberty, okay? Don't lose your liberty. So he goes on to say in verse 5, for though, for, though there be, uh, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or earth, there, are, uh, there be gods many, and lords many. He's like, there's a lot of things out there that people are going to worship. He, he understands. Verse 6, but unto us there is but one God. We are saved. There's only one God. We understand that. Like, don't get tripped up because they're starting to, you know, walk away from that, but they're still tripped up by it. You don't get tripped up by it. We understand. One God. Who do we worship? Jesus Christ, right? 
You know, do we worship anything else? No. If there's anything that's causing you to ever look away from Christ, drop it. Right? Even, we're going to talk about this a little bit in the marriage class, even in your marriages at times, your spouse can become an idol to you. And you don't want that. Now, does that mean you want to not take care of the things? No. If you properly have the relationship with them that God wants you to have, then it's a good picture. But too often we get that all messed up. We'll talk about that on Saturday nights. Uh, but under us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him, uh, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we in Him. Okay, so he's like, we have one thing that we're worshiping. It is Christ only, no matter what. That's what he's trying to like lay out there. Don't get stumbled up because they are stumbled up. That's the first thing he addresses. Don't get stumbled up, stumbled up because they're stumbled up. They're like, well, I thought I was supposed to eat it, but now I'm not, and now you say I can. And So we're just like, no, you, it's fine. But then after you know a while, we're like, should I be tripped up by this? Because, you know, maybe there's something there. And So don't get tripped up. We have liberty. The first thing he lays out is, we have liberty. Yes, you are correct. But, he goes on to say, how be it? I understand y'all are very smart. That's what he's saying. He, I understand. I taught you well. That's what he's saying. I understand. You all know the truth. But what does that mean? Just because you have the gospel, does that mean your neighbor does? Nope. Just because you got the gospel, does that mean the guy you work with does? Probably not. Just because you know the truth, does that mean that they do? Probably not. That's what he's saying here. I don't care how much you know. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. That's why we get up every day. Because there is not in every man that knowledge. That's why we do what we do. That's why we come to church. That's why we go out and we have outreaches. That's why we have men's conferences to gird ourselves up and make sure that we're doing right. That's why we have harvest parties so that we can, in turn, get the gospel where it needs to go. That's why we have all these things. Why? Why? It says it right there. Because there is not in every man that knowledge. Like, if, if God thought, yes, you're saved, that's all I needed from you, you would have been raptured out. You would have been, you know, beam me up out of here, Scotty, like the day you got saved. But it doesn't work that way. Why? Because God has something for you to do. Like, He has a purpose for what you, you get saved. That's great. Now tell somebody else about it. There is not in every man that knowledge. You have a job. Just because you know doesn't mean that they know. Okay, moving on. I think you get what I'm saying here. For some, with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. Meaning, they just got saved like last week. And you're like, hey, let's go down here. It's, you know, cheap burgers. Let's go have one. And we go down and they're like, man, I just, something is messed up. And they're like, I do it because you say I can do it. But uh, it's just, man, I'm, I'm struggling here is what he's trying to say. And he says, there be some... Uh, for some with weak conscience under this hour eat, uh, eat it as a thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled basically they did the thing and they were like I shouldn't have done that you ever done anything in life where you, you did it you had liberty it was probably okay you're not going to you know be in direct sin because of it but man you felt like I should not have done that like, just that was not God didn't get the glory there that was not super awesome right I don't know how else to say it like are you in sin probably not but the whole time you did it, it was just like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, is this okay? Um, I don't know. That's what he's trying to say. Like, it, That's your conscience telling you, like, this just maybe not yet, right? God will give you three answers to a question. Yes, no, or not yet. Not yet's the worst one because you're just like, okay, when then, right? Okay. 
We understand. I don't know what it is that God is like has in your head, but by now you should have a picture of something that you're just like, okay, I, I'm tracking, and it's probably not half price burger night, right? And so anyway, their weak, their conscience is defiled. Verse verse eight. But meat, he's like, let me just tell you something. But meat commendeth us, commendeth us not to God. Meaning, just because you are okay to go eat this doesn't mean you're closer to God than they are. That's the first thing he says. Just because you're more mature and you're like, yeah, it's fine uh, to go out and you know have this meat. It's fine that I go out and, you know, whatever it is. I'm not even going to go down the list. It, it doesn't mean that uh, you're any closer to God because you have liberty to do it. That's the first thing he says. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. Meaning, if they don't eat, it doesn't mean that they're less than you either. If you eat it, it's, it's okay. And if not, it's okay. And if they eat it, it's okay. And if not, it's okay. It's all about your conscience here, right? Now, go back. There's a lot of teaching in Romans 14. I don't want to reteach it. We just taught it just a few months ago. But go back and like reference this because, man, this is what we do. We take the things that we think are wrong in our life. Like There are certain things that are like, I can't do that. So in turn, what do I do? I tell everybody else, you can't do that. And you're like, where does it say that in the Bible? I'm taking the things that defile my conscience and I'm trying to make them your doctrine now. That's what most religions do. This guy thinks, well, I've got to wear a suit, and if I don't, then you know, I'm unholy. So now if everybody else doesn't wear a suit, then they're unholy. Wait a minute, it doesn't say that anywhere. They think that if a woman doesn't come in a dress with her head covered to church, then you know, she ought to you know, not be here. Wait a minute, it doesn't say that anywhere. Just because it's your conviction doesn't mean it's my doctrine. I'll stick to the doctrine of the Bible, bud. Anyway, but, but, but take heed is what it says in verse 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours... Now this is where it gets personal to us. Because we're all like, we understand liberty. I think for the most part in this room, we understand liberty. We understand the things that we should or shouldn't do. And we understand that when our conscience says, hey, let off the accelerator a little bit, we just do, right? And we'll grow as we grow, as we grow. But anyway, so for us in the room, this is where it really starts to kind of talk to us. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. Have you ever done anything in your life that was like, no, it's fine. It's totally not against what the Word of God says. It'll be fine. And because of that, it caused somebody else to stumble. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. That's the last thing I want to do is cause somebody else to fall back into sin because of my liberty. Like, that's the last thing you want to do. You never want that to happen. So don't become a stumbling block. Now, I could like give you a million different examples. I'm not going to because you've probably got something in your head right now. Whatever it is, like liberty is liberty, but just exercise your liberty around the right people, right? I'm not going to come out here. here here's a really dumb but kind of practical example. Uh, I'm not going to come out here on the next work day at HBF uh, and you know be cranking Metallica. I like listening to Metallica, right? I just do. I like the way it sounds uh, at times. It just depends on the mood that I'm in. But I'm not going to do that. Why? Because there might be somebody that just got saved, and then when they hear that, they think back to you know a party they were at a couple weeks ago, whereas me, it was years and years ago, and all of a sudden it brings back all the wrong things. Like That's me using my liberty, something very basic, to cause somebody else to stumble. Fill in the blank with anything else. Okay. So make sure that you're not using your liberty. Don't become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Verse 10. For if any man see thee which has knowledge, like this guy, he went to HBI. He knows what he's talking about. Like, he must think it's okay, so I'm going to follow him. If any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, 
Shall not the conscience of him that is weak be emboldened to eat those things that are offered on idols? I, these guys, they know everything. That's what the younger Christians think. Like, they've been to D1, to D2. They took HBI. Man, they're leaders of the ministry. Like, they're doing it. It must be fine. Right? And I'm just like, okay, it's fine for me to do that. You know, I just got saved a month ago. But, like, they, it's okay. And then what happens when they think that? Verse 11. And through thy knowledge, through the things that you know. It doesn't say through the knowledge. Through thy knowledge. Through the things that you know, but they don't through the things that you understand, but they still don't. Through thy knowledge, not their knowledge. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Why does he perish? Because he did the one little thing? No, but because it led to ten other things that were way worse. Your liberty was a stumbling block, and now they're in deep sin because of it. You might be like, well, how does me uh, having a beer with dinner cause them to be, you know, drunk at the bar? Do the math here. Like, your liberty caused that to happen. Right? That, that's what happens. What I'm saying, you have to be careful about who you use your liberty around, is what I'm saying. Well, I didn't make that decision for them. No, but you emboldened them to make it. Right? To whom much is given, what does it say? Much is required. Like, you've been given a lot. Now you hold the responsibility with that which you were given. Right? One of the main reasons I'm teaching this marriage class isn't because I really want to teach about marriage. Like, if you want to know the truth, I really don't want to that much because I'm not a fan uh, of Satan. Like, I'm just not. And I'm not a fan of the way he works. I'm not a fan of, like, tempting Satan because if you do, man, you're bound to get burned. And this kind of thing is tempting Satan. Because I'm not only saying, hey, I'm going to sanctify my marriage. Stick it, bud. But I'm saying I'm also going to try to sanctify all these other people's marriages too. Like, uh, he's, not, he's not a player. So anyway, but, but what? To whom much is given. God has given me a lot of stuff over the years. Much, I, it's required of me to give it back out. Like, that's why we do what we do. That's what he's saying. Okay. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Verse 12 and 13. This is where, like, he really hammers the point home to us. To the, hey, I'm here at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. I don't know why you're preaching at me. He's talking to us here the mature Christians, the ones who ought to know better. He just really nails it home here. But when, you, uh, but when ye sin so against the brethren... Wait a minute, what? I didn't sin, I was just exercising my liberty. No, no, you exercising your liberty in the wrong context, you exercising your liberty around the wrong people, now you're in sin, bud. Paul just calls it out. He's like, wait a minute, it wasn't sin. It doesn't say anywhere that I can't do that. Now, it does say a lot of times that you shouldn't do that around certain people. Because what happens? Oh, that's what happens. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. So those of you who have been like, and I don't think anybody in here has, but maybe somebody's listening. Uh, man, I've got liberty. They can do whatever the heck they want. They ain't got to follow me. I didn't tell them to follow me. right? I'm just saying, uh, Paul called it out right here. You don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's following you. You don't know who is emulating you. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. We'll get there. Like, you are little Christ, and you are supposed to cause people to follow you to him. Okay? So what it says, that when you, through your knowledge, uh, cause, uh, uh, make a weak brother perish for whom Christ died, but when you sin also against the brethren and wound their conscience, you sin against Christ. Wait a minute. How does their sin become my sin? Because you shouldn't have been there, bud. That's why. 
Like, because you shouldn't have ever went down that road with those people around. That's why. Because you shouldn't have ever caused them to stumble. It would be like, if, if somebody was to try to give something that was just ridiculous to a toddler, you know, 99 people out of 100 would be like, what in the world are you doing? You're an idiot. Right? Uh, that's totally normal. Uh, anyway, like, it, it, we would be like, what in the world are you doing? There's a story there. I had no idea that Bo had never had Dr. Pepper in his life. Mason. But he acted like when he took the can from me in the nursery, he acted like he'd had it all the time. I'm like, all right, you can have a drink, bud. Anyway, this was a long time ago. A lot of grace has happened since then. Well, I'm talking about something that's even more ridiculous. Like, you, you try to give, you know, uh, a drink of beer to a toddler. That's really stupid, right? Don't do that. Don't be dumb, right? Uh, we're, not, we're not letting little kids smoke. We're not letting little kids, you know, whatever. You fill in the blank. Carry around anything, all of those things. Like, that's not smart, right? Why are we as the, no, why are we as the more mature Christians not calling out the other guys who are like, what are you doing? Like, that's dumb. You shouldn't do that. You know better than that. That's what Paul's doing. He's like, I'll call you out. I ain't scared. Right? Like, you knew better than this. And you're doing it anyway? Like, they're, they're toddlers here. They're just learning how to walk. And here you are, throwing them to the wolves. He's like, you're sinning against Christ. That's what he says here. Like, people read this chapter and they're like, yeah, these, people, these weak brothers, they need to grow up in their liberty. No, uh, Paul's like, hey, you need to understand where and where not to exercise your liberty. And then he wraps it all up in verse 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, here's what I'm going to do. This is what Paul says. If meat's going to make my brother to offend, I'll be a vegetarian forever. What? He's like, it's that important to me for my brother to grow in Christ than anything else. If meat make my brother to offend, I'll eat no flesh in the world uh, while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. What he's trying to say is, whatever it is you got in your mind, you better be willing to give it up completely and forever if it's going to cause somebody else to stumble. Are you willing to do that? Like Our goal is more to grow up younger Christians than it is to exercise our liberty. Does that mean that there's never going to be a time where you have the opportunity to exercise your liberty? I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of times that I'm not around anybody, right? Or if it's just me and my wife, or if there's... So whatever it is you got in your mind, like, just don't be dumb around other people is all I'm trying to tell you. Like, we have a job, and it's to raise up little Christians. That is what we're called to do. So make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you're not causing somebody else to stumble. Even if it's somebody that's close to you. Maybe it's your spouse you're causing to stumble. Maybe it's your kids you're causing to stumble. Whatever it is, just make sure... That, like, they understand, and you're not causing anybody to, like, not see what's happening. Now, I will also caution you with this, and I'll end with this. Because I've been saved for a few years now. I'm not getting any younger. I'm just saying. It must have been, like, 14 years. How long has it been? What's 2008 till now? Somebody tell me. Like, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, so 14 or 15 years. Okay. You're right. So she'll be 14 this year. That's a really good way for me to remember that. <laughs> I only know she's going to be 14 because her birthday is in like a month. So, And I've been hearing about it. Anyway, uh, I-, I will caution you with this to wrap it all up and to give you both sides. Because Paul's been very heavy on the, like, you just give it all up. And it's okay to give everything up. But I will also caution you with this. 
Don't live your life in a sense of, well, I can't do anything anymore because I'm a Christian. Like, I have more liberty now than I ever had before as a lost man. It took a lot of years to separate myself from those things. But too often, um, we will become legalistic. If all we think is, I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that, and we can't do that, don't do that, you shouldn't do that, like, you'll become legalistic. Sometimes, sometimes, in certain circumstances, people need to see what a healthy relationship with this, 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 or this looks like. Why does the entire world think that alcohol is bad? Because all we see is people abuse it. If people saw what a healthy relationship with alcohol looked like, then it might not be so bad. There's a reason that over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus is like a little wine for your stomach's sake is okay. But too often in America, we're like, hey, you said three bottles of wine? Yes. Right? Okay, so a healthy relationship. So be just don't become legalistic with whatever it is. Definitely don't cause a brother to stumble. I don't know what it is you're thinking about. There are a lot of different things that we could use. But I'm just saying, don't become legalistic. But also don't cause a brother to stumble. This is where you have to like actually use some judgment. Oh my gosh, I have to do what? Yeah, God gave you discernment. He gave you the Holy Spirit inside of you. Allow it to work. Too often people are like, well, I, what do I do? What am, am I supposed to? Uh, he didn't tell me what to do here. Like, Oh, that's because you have a conscience, bud. Use it. It's the Holy Spirit now. Use it. Like, Allow it to guide you. And, you know, edify people, not tear them apart. I hope all that makes sense. Okay, so... Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Man, make it a point to go tell somebody about this marriage thing and that they need to sign up because uh, I'm telling you, there's there's people that I'm really excited that are already signed up that I'm like, I was praying at the very beginning that like this person would sign up and it had nothing to do with anybody, like people that I just happened to pass in the hallway every now and then. I'm like, this would be perfect for them. And so God's going to do something. You probably ought to be there too. Um, just saying. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for being really good to us, God. And uh, Lord, uh, I thank you for liberty that we have in Christ, uh, that we aren't bound uh, to uh, just these rules and regulations, but I also thank you for discernment uh, that we can help uh, edify young Christians and show them what a walk with Christ looks like. And so, Lord, I pray you would use the Holy Spirit in our lives to um, to grow us up, uh, to uh, edify those around us, uh, Lord. And so I pray you just send us out this week as lights in a dark world, Lord. I pray that you get all the honor and the glory from our lives, from everything that we do. Um, and Lord, I do pray for the marriage thing coming up, um, that it, it would just be um, exactly how you want it. Not how I want it, but it would be exactly what you want it to be, Lord. So uh, I pray all these things in Christ's name. Pray for Pastor Steve as he preaches today. In Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, see you.